Hello, this sermon audio is a ministry of the Town Church in Fort Collins, Colorado. If you would like to learn more about us, how to connect, or how to support us, go to our website, thetownchurch.org. While listening to the Bible preached is a healthy part of our spiritual formation, it is not the whole picture. So if you aren't a part of a local church, we encourage you to prayerfully commit to a local body of believers where you live. We're glad you can join us, and we hope God uses the following sermon to reveal more of His glory to you. Good morning. <clears throat> hey, it's good to be with you this morning. My name is Vince. Um, I'm one of the elders here. I'm the pastor over preaching and vision. If we haven't met, I'd love to meet you. If you are new or newer with us, we would love to get to know you, um, answer questions if you have them. The best way to do that is to fill out a connection card, which is at the information table right down the ramp that way. So please fill one of those out so we can uh, get to know you and, and answer questions. Okay? No? All right. Well, we'll just close it up and uh, we'll head on. All right. Uh, don't cheer about that. All right. So here's where we are headed. Um, let me take a drink and then um, we are. Uh, go ahead and grab your Bible. And uh, open it up, be ready. I'll tell you that we're going to be all over the place in the Bible, spending a lot of time in the New Testament, um, jumping back and forth. So um, you can look there if you want. I will have all the verses that I reference on the screen. So if you want a Sunday to just sit and allow these things to soak in, um, then, then that's available for you as well. I'll have all these there on the screen. Um, four weeks ago, we began uh, some time talking about traveling. And how traveling so often goes hand in hand with the holidays, right? It's a time to be with family. It's a time to be with friends. It, um, really until this year, right? Where we're all come to a screeching halt and are not really traveling. In fact, I heard this week on NPR that AAA is estimating um, three-fourths of the people who typically travel this time of year are not traveling. So... I said this to the earlier crowd, if you've always wanted to roller skate down the interstate, now is your chance to do that. So um, traveling has just come to a halt this year. And so um, we've talked about traveling a lot. And maybe, maybe this for us is, is just a time, if you had travel plans that have now um, been put on hold or, or shifted aside, maybe this is an opportunity for you to consider some of the things we're looking at in the New Testament um, around the, what we would call the Christmas story, that traveling, to just consider some of that. Maybe God's given you the, uh, some rest to, to have some time to pull away and just consider some of these things. But over the last weeks, we've looked at the biblical account of what we call the Christmas story, and we've seen lots of traveling. There, there is a, a lot of traveling. We began by seeing Gabriel travel to visit Zechariah, and then the angel traveled to visit Mary, and then Mary to, to visit her um, older cousin Elizabeth, and then the angel traveling to the shepherds, and the shepherds traveling to uh, see the baby, and then a group of wise men to travel to Herod, and then back to to find the baby, and on and on. There's a lot of traveling that's going on in this New Testament account of what we would call the Christmas story. And what we've tried to do over the last weeks is point to the fact that all of this uh, traveling, the traveling stories, had one thing in common. This is what we're focusing in on this morning. Had one thing in common, and all these stories, all these events, were pointing to the coming King Jesus. Everything was coming to a culmination at Jesus. The angel had one thing in mind when he spoke to Zechariah to tell him that he would have a son to name him John, that he would prepare the people for Jesus. It had one thing in mind. The angel had one thing in mind when he spoke to Mary to, to let her know that she would be the mother of a Savior, Jesus. 
Right? When Mary traveled to visit Elizabeth and Elizabeth's son John leapt, leaped in the womb of, of his mother because why? Because Jesus was there. So all of this is pointing to Jesus. The entire story of travel all points to Jesus. And here's the interesting thing that we see, I think we need to see this morning. It's not just that story, but it's the entire story of the Bible that's an enormous collision story of travel. The entire Bible is a story of travel that everything is pointing forward to Jesus. People throughout the Bible are on their own journeys to find Jesus. They're all on their own wanderings to find uh, Jesus, even though they, they may not know it. They're all looking forward to a Messiah and that Messiah we know is Jesus. Everybody, even though they may not know it, is looking toward that Messiah. And that may be the case for some of us even today. You may not know it, but you are searching for something or someone who will bring you peace. Who will bring you restoration, a sense of restoration. Who will bring you a sense of hope or a sense of joy. In fact, I would say, aren't we all there? That we're all looking for something to fulfill us in that way, to bring some significance. So I don't know uh, what area of life that hits you in most. If it's work or, or family or marriage or sports teams or your, your looks or your possessions or the, the way that you've chosen to live or wh- whatever that is for you. We're all trying to find fulfillment in this life. That's the human condition. They were all searching for fulfillment, ways to be fulfilled, ways to find hope and joy and peace to build our own, in a lot of ways, to build our own significance. And we're searching. We're, we're on our own journey. And in the midst of that travel, we're, we're looking for, hoping for fulfillment in some way. And I would even say in the best of times. When God's at most at work in us, we, we, we may even be searching for deeper relationship with Jesus. But we're searching, right? Here's the great collision story of travel that we celebrate at, at Christmas. Uh, people are traveling in some way to find fulfillment. That fulfillment is only found in Jesus. And listen, listen to this. He, he's traveling to be near us. That's what we celebrate. That, crazy to think about that that we're searching for fulfillment and that fulfillment can only be ultimately be found in Jesus and Jesus has already come to be near us we're wandering around to find whether we know it or not to find Jesus and he's already traveled to be near us it's a beautiful story of Christmas and it seems strange doesn't it it's absolutely bonkers to think about that that the king of the universe would travel to earth to be near us. It doesn't seem strange that the shepherds would travel to see Jesus. It doesn't seem strange that, 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 that the wise men would travel or, or e- even Mary would travel to try to figure all this out with, with Jesus. It doesn't seem strange with, with all of those things. Even with us, traveling, wandering to be near Jesus. But here's the King of the universe who's traveled to be near us. Who, who's come to be near us, the king of the universe, the one who Paul says is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. 
It's the King of the universe and He's come to be near us. It seems strange because He's King. He's reigning over all, over all things. Heaven and earth, thrones and dominions. We celebrate that truth at Christmas that Jesus came to be near us. Here's the question though, why? Why did He come to be near us? I want us to take some time in these days leading up to Christmas, and especially now as a catalyst, I want us to take some time to think about this. Why did Jesus come? We celebrate it. We celebrate the fact that even what Paul says in another letter he wrote, that though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. The king of the universe emptied himself, traveled to earth to be near us. He set aside his rights and his rightful place on the throne for a time to be near us. Why? Why did he do that? That's the question I want to answer this morning to to draw our affections into Jesus. I don't want another holiday to go by. I don't want another Christmas to go by where we just think, yep, Jesus was born. Yes, that's what it's about. He's the reason for the season and all the other cliche things. I don't want us to, to go there. Why did Jesus, the one who's over thrones, leave his throne for a time? Why, why did Jesus, the, the one who's overthrown, leave his throne for a time, born in the likeness of men? Why did Jesus need to travel to earth to become human? That's the question I want us to answer. And I, want to, I want to give a, at least five answers this morning to this question. Why did Jesus need to travel to earth and become human? I don't know if we think about that often enough. Why did he come to earth and why did he need to be Human. So let me just start off um, with this answer number one to draw us in. There's, there's others for sure, but think about this first to become our example in life. Why did Jesus need to travel to earth and, and become human in part to become our example in life for those who are believers, for those who are Christians? We are known to be Christians. It is evident that we are Christians. Hear this, everyone. Because we're like Jesus, at least in part. John tells us in 1 John 2, by this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. How are we to know how Jesus walked? How are we to know that? Well, how Jesus lived? Well, here's how. He was on earth. He came to earth as our example in this life, those who were with him saw him firsthand, saw the way that he acted firsthand. Many of them then wrote about his way of life. And we now have it in, in God's word. And so we're able to look at God's word and see the way that Jesus lived. And we're told that we are known by how we walk like he walked. Jesus came in part to be our example in this life. And life on this earth is not always easy, is it? When, when things are easy, we don't often think we need an example, do we? Think through that. When life is easy, we don't need an example. We don't need someone to show us how to live because we've got it all figured out. But when things are difficult, that's when we, we look for, for okay, how do, we, how do we live this out? Well, Jesus came to earth to become our example in this life, even in those difficult things. The author of Hebrews tells us, and commands us, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, the life that we now have that's before us, looking to Jesus. We're looking to Him. Uh, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. 
Consider Him. Look to Him. Fix your eyes on Him. Consider Him who endured from sinners such hostility against Himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. We look to Jesus. We fix our eyes on Jesus who is our example in life on this earth. He endured way more than we will ever have to endure. Hear that? He endured much more than we will ever have to endure and He did so with joy because He knew the reward. He knew that giving His life would accomplish salvation for those who believed. He endured through the trials as a human on this earth. He came to earth in part to be our example. And He could not be our human example in this life on this earth if He remained in heaven as only fully God. Does that make sense? He couldn't be our human example with life on this earth if He remained in heaven as only fully God. Why did Jesus need to travel to earth and become human to be our example in part? Secondly, to become our obedience. When God created man and woman in the garden, He gave them everything. He even gave them a prohibition to not eat from one tree in the entire garden. And Adam and Eve chose to go against God. They disobeyed God. And so from that point on, everyone disobeys. That's what we inherit from Adam. Thank you, Adam. Everyone sins, right? We choose that now because it's woven through who we are. God requires, though, perfect obedience from us to be in relationship with Him. And because we cannot perfectly obey, we need someone then to obey for us because we are unable In the book of Romans, Paul makes this comparison between Adam, the first man, and Jesus, the the second Adam. Adam could never be obedient because sin is now a part of him. Adam could never be obedient. Jesus, though, would never be disobedient. And of Jesus, Paul says in, in Romans 5, he says, as by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. That, that's the bad news. So by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. In Adam, the first man, we all sin and we all deserve death and separation from God. In Jesus, who became man, who was perfectly obedient as a man, we're all seen as righteous. Jesus came to earth in part to become our obedience. He became our obedience. The third Why did Jesus need to travel to earth and become human? Third, to become our substitute. Jesus needed to travel to earth as a human and be fully human to be our substitute, to stand in our place. He was placed in a position of receiving God's wrath when we should have been the ones receiving God's wrath for our own sin. This is the beautiful doctrine of propitiation. Hard word to say, beautiful doctrine to learn. So it's my favorite doctrine to to consider. Jesus came to earth. He lived out a perfect life, completely pleasing to the Father. And how did God the Father respond? He responded by allowing or causing His Son to be crucified, to be sacrificed for us, a people who are imperfect and sinful. Here's what this doctrine is. God's wrath was poured out on His Son and God's favor was poured out on us. Isn't that beautiful? The wrath that was meant for us is placed on His Son. The favor that was meant for His Son is placed on us. 
It's not a word we use often, propitiation. It's a doctrine we need to know and cherish. That Jesus came to earth to become our substitute, to step into our place. God's active wrath poured out on Him so that we could get God's active favor. He had to be, Jesus had to be human on earth to be the substitute of humans on earth. Does that make sense? Jesus had to be human on earth so that He could be the substitute of humans on earth. When talking about the victory over sin and death, the writer of Hebrews says in chapter 2, therefore, He had, been, he had to be made like His brothers in every respect. Or, or we could say it this way, He had to become human in every respect. So that He might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. There's that word. Jesus had to be like us so that He could become our high priest. Not sacrificing animals, but giving His own life as a sacrifice once and for all. Taking on God's wrath so that we could take on God's favor. So that we could receive God's favor. Jesus came to earth in part to become our substitute. Why did Jesus need to travel to earth and become human? Fourth, to become our mediator. What's a mediator? When two people can't get along, uh, they will bring in someone to stand as their mediator. Uh, Someone who can represent both parties. We see this in the life of Moses. Let me tell you about a human example and then I'll back away from that and show you why that human example is lacking. We see it in the life of Moses in the Old Testament. Moses, one of God's people, went to God on behalf of God's people to state their case to God. God would then respond to Moses and Moses would return to God's people on behalf of God. You see that? He's in between. Moses was the mediator between God and His people, but he wasn't a perfect unbiased mediator because he was sinful. He was just like the people he was representing. So he leaned more in the direction of the people he was representing than the God he was representing. We now are a people who are unable to get along with God and God is unable to be in relationship with us because we are so unlike Him. So we need a go-between. We need someone like Moses, but someone Greater, we need a, a mediator, one one who could uh, be the perfect mediator between God and man. And the only one who could be the perfect mediator between God and man is the perfect one who was both perfectly God and man. Right? There's only one who could be our mediator. Paul tells his friend Timothy in First Timothy, for there is one God, speaking of Jesus. And there is one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. Do you see how he's bringing these two things together? He says there's one God, the man, Christ Jesus. He was both. He, he was both. Jesus came to earth in part to become our mediator, opening up access to the Father, mediating between a broken relationship. Why did Jesus need to travel to earth to become human? Fifth, finally, to become our sympathizer. I don't want to make this all about us because the celebration of Jesus traveling to earth is not ultimately about just us. 
It's not about uh, us, just us, but we certainly benefit from having a God who, who knows earthly life and who's able to sympathize with our experiences. Would you hear that this morning, hurting friend? That, that we have a God who's able to sympathize with our experiences because He's walked through them. He's walked in them. Uh, the author of Hebrews again says in chapter 4, Since then, we have a great high priest who's passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Jesus passed through the heavens. How? Because He's fully God. right? He passed through the heavens as fully God and is our sympathetic high priest because He came to earth fully human. Think about these things. These things are colliding together. Jesus passed through the heavens as fully God, came to earth and was able to be our, our great high priest because He experienced what we experienced yet without sin. He passed through the heavens as fully God, came to earth as fully human. The, the Christmas, Christmas is a story of, of the celebration of, of travel. Hear this. The celebration of travel, the travel of God to earth in the form of a baby born to a woman in Bethlehem, the travel of God to earth to be our example in this life. He traveled here to be our example in this life, but not just our example. He traveled to earth to become our obedience when we could not be obedient. He traveled to earth to be our substitute, to stand in our place, that we would receive God's favor and He would receive God's wrath. He traveled to earth so that He would be a mediator standing between us and God, representing us before God perfectly. And He traveled to be our sympathizer. We're not alone in our struggle because of Jesus. He knows our trials. And we find hope in that. We've seen over the last weeks that the story of Christmas is about to travel, people traveling to find Jesus, shepherds, wise men, angels, all of that. Um, and, and, and here's the collision of travel in, in this story. The most significant travel of all time was not our travel, was not the travel of the shepherds, the wise men, and the angel, was not our travel, not our, our journey to find fulfillment. That's not the most significant part of this travel story, but the travel of the King who came to be near us. He came to be near us. He has drawn near to us so that we can draw near to the throne of grace to receive mercy and find grace and help in our time of need. That's Jesus, our King. Think about that, friends, over these next days as we celebrate Christmas, as we celebrate the coming of, of Jesus. In fact, a, a song that, that maybe you will sing or have sung already in this season, a song we sing around this time says this. Think about this in terms of Jesus being a sympathizer. You know the words to this song probably. In all our trials born to be our friend, He knows our need and our weakness is no stranger. Think about that. Weakness to Jesus is no stranger because He's walked it. He sympathizes with us. He came to earth, became human, knowing our need, knowing weakness, knowing trial. He endured the cross with joy in, in pleasing the Father and reconciling us to Him. But that story is not most about us. 
yes, we're reconciled to the Father because of everything that Jesus has done. It's not most about us. It's about Jesus. You know how the song ends? It ends like this. Behold your King. Look to your King. Fix your eyes on the King. It's all about the King. Look to Jesus. And so, my hope over these these next days is that we would take some time to consider those five truths. Think about that. Don't, don't let these next days go by without thinking about the why of Jesus coming. Yeah, He came. We get it. We celebrate it. We see the little the nativity scene set up. But why did He come? He, he came to be an example for us in life. He came to be our obedience. He came to be our substitute. He came to be a mediator. He came to be our sympathizer. He came to draw us in and accomplish everything we need to be in relationship with God the Father. That's what we celebrate. So this morning, I want to pray for us. I want to um, take some time just to to consider some of these things in prayer. I want to give you some time to consider some of these things in silence. And then we'll um, celebrate through the Lord's Supper. Uh, We'll respond in that way. And then we will sing together as we close out our time this morning. Let's pray. Oh God, my prayer this morning is uh, actually for my own heart. Even now, as I've walked through um, these passages three times over with different groups of people, it, it hits me anew that I I see um, in the pages of Scripture and the thing in the verses we've read that that you had a plan, a good and perfect, sovereign plan to send your Son, and you did it in a way um, that we would comprehend through human life. He he came to be near us, to walk this earth, to live through the constraints of humanity and to experience hurt and pain, the betrayal of His close friends, the betrayal of His own family, the denial that, that His close friends even knew Him. He walked through those trials. Trials that that some of us have faced even even recently. Jesus came and walked through that. He sympathizes with our weaknesses, yet He did so without sin so that He could be the perfect High Priest giving His own life so that we could be in relationship with You. And God, my, my prayer for my own heart this morning and for the hearts of my friends here this morning is that these next what, four or five days would not go by without us considering why Jesus came. Yes, He came, but why? Would You help us to consider that? And would those things then compel us to worship Him all the more? Would You draw our affections nearer? Would You rouse our affections for Jesus? Would we, would we be a different people? God, I pray that the world would see us as different because we're following the example of our King. We need Your help, God, as we interact with neighbors and friends and family over these next days. and We get the opportunity to speak so boldly about Jesus and I pray that You'd give us the courage to do so. He is our King who's come. He's come to be near us. And He's come to open up access to You so we can boldly approach the throne of grace and find help in our time of need, which is now. So help us. God, we pray all these things in the name of Your Son who who died for us, defeated sin and death through the resurrection. It's in His name we pray. Amen. Take some time right where you are to consider some of these things and come and celebrate this morning.